What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday or whatever day it is when you are listening to this or watching this. And welcome to With Her Two Hands, the weekly show where each week we sit down with an incredible tradeswoman to hear all about her successes, her challenges, her wins, um, all of the, the things that go into what it is to be a woman in an incredibly male-dominated trade. I am your host, Bogey, and I am a master mechanic by trade, but we talk with all sorts of trades folks from all across the different industrial trades. So if you know somebody who needs to be a guest on this podcast, make sure you shoot me a message. We'd love to meet her. Um, or if it's you, we'd love to meet you. Um, and you can catch this series anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. If you do listen in the podcast form, please make sure that you take a few seconds to like us and review and rate us. Uh, the more ratings we get, the more eyes get on this. And really, at the end of the day, that's what this is all about, increasing visibility of women in the trades, showing that we're here, we can be successful. These are the challenges that we face and hopefully making the trades a little bit of a better place and more welcoming place for more women to start coming up in the ranks. So without further ado, I want to introduce our guest for this week. She is also an auto mechanic and she's had an interesting path. She's um, did really great in trade school and then she got a job right away, had some challenges, had some setbacks, wound up starting her own business, then had kids that paused things, started her business back up again. It's been a really interesting journey and she's had a lot of lot of ups and downs, lots of insights, lots of challenges, lots of wins all along the way. And I'm really excited to hear her perspective on things. And I know there's lots of folks, probably the most common question I get from people is, I want to start my own business. How do I go about doing that? Um, so hopefully she's going to be able to speak to us a little bit about that as well. And then probably the other most common question I get is, Dude, being a mom and being in the trades, being a mom, being in the trades, and being a business owner is really challenging. And I definitely know that tonight's guest can speak on all of those topics. So I'm really excited to hear her perspective. Quick, quick thank you to our sponsors for this series. Uh, this series brought to you in part by Drive Time. If you're not familiar with them, go check them out. They are a used car seller all across the country, but they also employ tons of technicians, do lots of training, do lots of giving back to the community. Really cool organization. If you follow me on social media, you'll see that I last week just spent a day at their Bring Your Kids to Work Day teaching 14 and 15 year olds how to change tires and check fluids. It was a ton of fun and a really cool program that they put on for their employees and their employees' kids. So great company. They do lots of great stuff. Go check them out. And with that, let's get on with the show and bring Esme on. All right. Whoops. Hello. What did I do? Oh. I brought you on and then I booted you <laughs> off all at the same time. <laughs> How are you? Welcome. I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying yes. I know you were you were a little hesitant at first. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, life is crazy. I'm just I'm all over the place all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're doing like 15,000 things all the time. So, of course, it's a little bit crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would before we were talking before we jumped online uh, Esme was telling me that she just put her kids to sleep and now she gets to to turn into talking talking like an adult <laughs> so you're hanging yeah. out during the day with how old are your kids 
So my little one is one and a half, and then my other big one, she's four. Oh, so you got to- littles, littles. I, I yes, think you little, little. Refer to them as your fleas. <laughs> yes, because they're always on me and they're always bouncing around. I sit down and there will be so many chairs next to me everywhere else to sit, but they choose to sit on me and crawl all over me. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm, I guess I'm their little place Heck to yeah. crawl around, jungle gym. Yeah, human jungle gym. Totally. Yep. That's what moms and dads are for, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we just kind of dived in. D- dove in? Dived in? Dove in? Anyway, um, okay. <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself to the fine folks at home? Okay, so my name is Esme Moore, and I started out just loving my grandfather's one Barracuda. It was just a dream to me. Every time I saw it, we would go to Mexico. My grandma had it locked up and I just would look at it and just, oh, I hope one day we fix it. We fixed it. Then my sister, uh, you know, took it for a joyride and messed it up. So then it oh, sat no. around. Yeah, she. it sat around, uh, sat around for a while. And I kept telling my dad, well, let's fix it. Let's do something about it. So... He was like, eh, that's not, like, eso no es trabajo de, de uh, mujeres. That's not a good job for women, you know, to learn how to fix cars. So I was like, ah, okay, well, he's not going to teach me. I'm going to go to school for it. So that's what good I did. Interesting. Yeah. So was it, the, was it the fact that you were just really interested that made you want to go to school? Or was it that, like, you were being told no that made you more interested or a little bit of both? It was a mix of both, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, no, I don't like being told no. I don't like being told that women can't do certain things because that's just weird, you know? So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go for it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I want to acknowledge you, too, though, for, for doing that. I think a lot of people hear, hear that, you know, as evidenced by the numbers and, you know, how many women I talk to regularly who say, you know, oh, I was always interested in cars, but I wasn't encouraged. And so they never pursued it. You know, for you to hear that from somebody who you respected and cared about and say, yeah. no, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Good for you. Were yeah, you it, always it took a lot. that kid? Were you always that kid who said, I'm going to do it anyway? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I I was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. You know, they they understand now. Now I fix their cars, so I'm I'm giving back at the same time. There you go. There you go. What was particularly his initial reaction when you said, all right, I'm going to school for this. I'm going to make a career out of this. Girl, what? when I told him that I... I'm going to go to school for this. I'm joining uh, auto tech at school. And I was in high school. Like, I'm going to join this. I already took small engines. He came home the same day with cosmetology papers for college. Uh-huh. Oh. He was like, mm, no, let, let's try this. And I could see why, because as a parent, you know, you fear that your kid's going to get hurt and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's a tough job. It really is. But, um, yeah. He was not having it, but then I was like, no, I'm still going to do it. It, He'll be all right. Interesting. 
how did you how did you navigate that? Are you okay with us digging into that a little bit? Because I think that's something that oh, a yes. lot of folks can relate to, whether it's you know women wanting to go in the trades or just in general, like telling telling your family that you want to do something that they don't support. How you navigate that process? How did you handle that conversation? How did you hold your ground? So, like any other teenager, I had to fight, you know, I had to rebel. And so I was like, no, dad, I want to do it. And he was like, no, 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 you're not, you're not going to do it. And I was like, I am. So I just went ahead and signed up for the class anyways. And he, you know, it took him a while, but after a while, he was like, hmm, well, if she's not getting in trouble. This might work out for us. So um, that's pretty much what happened, but I just kept being persistent. My stepdad actually was like, nah, nah, you can do this. And him and my dad didn't get along too well. So he, he, it was even more fuel to the fire. He was like, nah, you're going to, you're going to go to school for this and we're going to get you through. So it, it was cool. That's awesome. I, I like that even though he wasn't happy about it, he kind of allowed it to happen, right? He didn't say, no, you can't. He just said, I don't support this. And yeah. didn't stop you from enrolling in the class. And that you had an ally yeah. to support you was really, really freaking cool. Yeah, it was good. I, I really, um, I, like as a parent, I understand my dad's reasoning. And he's also very traditional Mexican. So he was like, you know, there's other jobs for you. You know, you could be a lawyer, you can do this, you can do that. But I've always wanted to work with my hands. And I knew that there was something else for me that was not going to be something that stuck out right away to me. And so when I would just go to the backyard, look at the barracuda, I was like, man, this thing would be so sweet if it ran. So sweet. Like, it's not the Hemi. It's the Slant 6. But it's it's it was everything to me. So like, I want to see this thing run. It's beautiful. And I'm going to fix it. Yeah. You grew up looking at it and it was oh, the yeah. source of your inspiration. I love that. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like there was a lot of pressure? I, I hear often, you know, like this, this like pressure to go do something quote unquote bigger with your life. Right. Like you mentioned being a lawyer, right? Like there's these other jobs, oh, yeah. these other things that you can do that are seen as more prestigious or whatever is that is that kind of the source of some of the the tension or the not wanting you to do this yeah um so there was a a lot of times that you know my mom's a housekeeper and my dad he worked in cable so them you know coming over to the states and working with their hands their whole life to this day my mom's still cleaning houses and so they're like, we want better, you know, we worked so hard to get y'all here, you know, you have everything that people in, in you know, Monterrey would like, you know, we, we've set y'all up, we want you guys to thrive, and that pressure was on, but I was like, no, like, I, there's so many things that you could do in automotive, and even at that, like, you can always go into the office and after a while, you know, it's not always going to be, I'm going to break my back on this car, you know, it, there's so many different things that you could do and specialize in. So yeah. that's why in the end, I was like, no, I, I'm going to stay committed to this. Good for you. Good for you. And I, I, I think you're right. Like, I get it. 
you know, as, as parents, they just want the best for their kids. Right. And there's a perception that the trades are not the best path or not the easiest path. And especially for women, but yeah, I, I think you hear that a lot from first generation immigrant families. Like we brought, we brought you here to do better. This isn't, they don't see this as doing better. Right. Do yeah. they now see like that you've made a life for yourself and like all the opportunities that you've created for yourself through this? Yes. Uh, my mom, she is always pretty much like, you know, my mom is very blunt. And so she's like, you're doing good. You're a bad bitch. You got this. Um, my dad doesn't talk that way, but <laughs> he he will. My my dad will talk to my husband and be like, you know, Adam is there and he can help you and stuff. So he'll he'll talk through my husband, but I know that deep down it's it's there and he's like, I'm proud of you because I've fixed like four different cars of his and it's not a little job. I have dove in actually his Impala. I had a break open because I did lower intake gaskets and it blew up because I put the wrong push rods in the wrong place. So. I Oops. I had a dive in, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yep. man. I had to stage the shop after that. I said, that is one demon right there. I don't want that thing back in my shop. See? And those are the things I go through. I mean, hey, that's what it's about, though, right? Like, we're all learning mm-hmm. as we go, right? We're yes, always learning. Exactly. <laughs> if you're not learning, you're dying. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a roller coaster it's been. I bet. Okay, so let's let's move move on in the story. So you so you take auto shop in high school um, against parents' wishes. Then what happens? You graduate high school. What's the next step for you? And did you know then that you were like, this is this is my mm-hmm. career path. This isn't just a thing I'm doing. This is my career path. Oh yeah. Um, as soon as well, it was a. Uh like three months before we let out from high school and everyone was taking SATs. I was like, I don't know what the hell that test has in it. Okay. But I ain't taking it because I don't play. Like, you know, Oh, am I, am I still there? Yep. Nope. You're back. Um, We lost you for a second. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to keep looking into trade schools because at first I was like, well, I'm going to go to, you know, community college and then take the automotive class but I wanted to be in the field right away. So I was like, no, let me look around at trade schools. So I found a trade school and uh, it was a 12 month program. I thought, well, why not? I told my stepdad about it and my mom and they were like, oh yeah, let's sign you up. Let's, let's go ahead and do nice. that. So uh, I started trade school and I found out all the things I went into this field very naive because I just thought, oh, like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, um, yeah, they tell me like, oh, you, you're a girl, you can't do it. But girl, the things that those men say, oh, really, more yeah. worse than in the high school program. So in the high school program, it wasn't as difficult. Uh, in the high school program, everyone got along. I mean, we were just really? doing OSHA and learning safety. You know, so yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't too crazy in high school, um, and I had a lot of friends in there, so that helped. But when I started trade school, I because it, it was all different ages, right? Yeah. And I I found out that 
Ooh, they they could be very catty. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Can you can you give some examples? Like, what were some what were some situations that you encountered or things that were said to you? Because I think this is one of those things, and you can yeah. probably testify to it too. Oh maybe. yeah. Like, no, I'll tell y'all everything. Guys. Guys. Um, yeah, please, right? Because yeah. sometimes you like talk to guys about this stuff, and they're like, "Oh, it can't be that bad." I'm like, "No, but oh, it really, yeah. it really can be." So, yes, like, what kind they, of stuff? Um, like the main thing was I'm 4'11 and all these guys were taller than me. So they would take tools out of my hands or they would act like I was like their property, you know, like mm. they're like, uh, don't talk to her because she's my little thing. I was like, oh, yeah. uh-uh. So yeah, mm. like they would try to take me under their wing like that. And at first, you know, I went into it naive. So I'm just like, oh, they're just being very nice. Maybe that guy was being an ass or something. Uh-uh, no, they were being nasty, so, um, yeah, they, I experienced a lot of tool-taking, and um, when it got really competitive, when it started seeing, like, oh, she's serious, she's getting good grades, she's talking to class, mm-hmm. that's when all the, the tools were thrown at me, where they were, like, we have to distract her during test day. Um, oh, Wow. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you only got that grade because you have tits, stuff like that. And I was like, well, if I did, I also use my brain. So, you know, uh, I guess both helps. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That That one always amazes me. It's this interesting kind of thing where it's like, when you first start out, they're like, oh, you're never gonna make it because you're a girl. And then when you start making it, then they're like, oh, you're only making it because you're a girl. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. It's crazy how the tables change on you. Very interesting. It's like when you start being becoming a threat. Like, you had people intentionally yeah. trying to distract you during tests. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, like, it was, like, there would be sometimes where they would ask, like, certain questions, like, Oh, um, so like my my teacher, Mr. Pettit, at the time, they're like, okay, so Mr. Pettit, if if this gear goes into this, and I was already done with that question, but I was like, boy, you're gonna make me go back. And they knew, like, because they were looking at my paper every now and then. They're like, mm. <laughs> they're like, ah, you should go back and check it. I don't know, I don't know about that one. And so they would just throw me off that way and. It was annoying, but after a while, I just kind of looked at it as a joke. I was like, oh, this is just something I'm going to put up with. And what's crazy is, you know, yeah, like some of the stuff that happened to me in trade school was very annoying, but it wasn't until I got my first dealership job that it really hit hard how intense all of that was going to be. So, oi. Yeah, it, that was crazy. So how long was the program that you were in? It was 12 months. Okay. So you had 12 months dealing with this kind of un- unfriendly, not so not so kind um, yeah. cohort of students. When you graduated, you, you graduated valedictorian, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I worked <laughs> real hard for it, but... Uh, they almost didn't give it to me, but oh, really? in the end they did. So it was it was really good. Why did they almost not give it to you? 
Well, because at the time, uh, I also was working for the school and I had started dating one of the teachers. So yeah, with that, they were like, even though he wasn't my teacher, they were like, no, this, this is uh, like a conflict. And I was like, no, like I worked my ass off to get here. Who I date is not, it has nothing to do with this. Yeah. So um, they never told me anything, but I, I heard, you know, behind the scenes what was going on and they almost didn't give it to me. But in the end, they did because they saw all the work. It spoke for itself. I had notes. I, I showed up to class on time. I showed up early. I stayed after class to study the most that I could. And, you know, because I speak both languages, I would stay behind and I would try to practice every damn word I learned, every word in that dictionary in Spanish as well. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, I was like overachiever there and they couldn't <laughs> deny me that. So uh, in the end, they gave it to me. Nice. Nice. How, how did the other students respond when that happened? When you when you we're valedictorian, this little girl, little short girl. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, like my, the close, the ones that were close to me, they, they uh, respected it and they were really cool about it. They're like, yeah, you did it. Hell yeah, if anyone's gonna be valedictorian, it's gonna be you. Nice. And that made me feel so good because I've always lacked a lot of confidence. But yeah. when I saw that everybody showed up and I did this speech, and everyone started clapping. I was like, oh, shit, I did something. Yeah. That had so, to be a really amazing yeah. feeling to, to yeah, go from where yeah. it started to that moment where you're getting oh, a yeah. round of applause. It felt really good. Um, but like at, when that graduation was happening, I had just started my first automotive job. And, um, and so it was, I felt good at the time. And I was like, you know, I know what I know, but this this is where it's going to, like, it felt like there was a cliff, you know, like yeah. something's going to happen. And, um, yeah, I, I had yet to find out, but uh, at the time I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I got this. I'm unstoppable. I could do whatever I want. Um, but then I started running into a lot of bumps. So you get out of out of the program. Was getting your first job the challenge, or was it was it easy to get the first job? And then you saw that found the challenges once you were in. What what happened there? How were you able to get your first job? So I um, we we would go with the school to different dealerships because they wanted to show us around and stuff. And I, at the time, I had my mindset on Chevy. I want to work at Chevy. Uh, okay. Cause they had AC. I was like, hell yeah. They have some nice fans in that building. I'm going to work there. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a fair requirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if we're going to get nasty, uh, there better be some AC involved. And it was a really nice looking shop. So, when you first um, said it, when you, when you first said, because they have AC and I was like, um, Esme, all cars have AC now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but you meant the yeah. building has AC. Oh, the building girl, the building. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that, yes, an air dealership is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yes, because you know you get so like heated up sometimes. If you, especially if you don't leave that problem, you get so heated up. And even though there's, you know, a nice air blowing through, no, it is no, 
it's not yeah. nothing compared to getting nice cold air blown at you while you're mad, you know? Yep. What part of what part of the country are you in? I'm in Texas. Okay, so yeah, it gets it gets hot. It gets real hot there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and now it's like uh, now you're working out in the heat all the time because you're you're going yeah. you're the mobile path. So we'll talk more about that oh, later. Yeah. No air conditioned building for you now, huh? Well, just the shop. So when I I have uh, bigger jobs, like right now, I have a bunch of big jobs. So thankfully, I got this AC hooked up in here. As long as my husband doesn't nice. touch it, it will not break. You know. Nice. That'll be good. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Sweet. Okay, I'm jumping ahead though. I don't want to get into the mobile mechanic stuff quite yet. So talk to okay. me about about the dealership. You'd gone around. You'd toured some places. Um, mm-hmm. How did that transition into a job? So I, um, I liked the, the building and the shop was just really cool. And I, I had a little truck. I, I had an S10. So I'm like, you know what? I'll learn how to work on my truck. And I can learn how to work on newer Chevys too. So I'll just start here and just see. Because, I mean, it's got a good vibe. And I applied, I got in, um, my, nice. my teacher put in a good word for me. So awesome. I got in right away. And after that, I stayed for about, it was almost a year, I think, or like 10 months or something. Okay. I think, yeah, about that. So uh, how you said that you encountered quite a bit at the dealership that was not expected. Talk to me about that. What was, what went down once you got in at the job? So when I first started, I started on the Lube Express and that was cool. I met a lot of cool different people, but I felt like such a weird vibe at first. Um, everyone, you know, was trying to be fast and I'm still learning how to keep up with everybody so that was a little pushy. I was told that I was going to, that they were going to make me sweat my mascara off. And um, also, like my first week there, I learned that I was hired because of my boobs. And that they had already been talked about all over the shop. Um, okay, who told you that yeah. you were hired because of your boobs? Was it a coworker? Was this more like yeah. jealous coworkers? Or was this from management? Like actually admitting to it or is it like that accusation like oh you just got this because of your your um it was a co-worker like me and him had became really close friends and so he was like i'm gonna tell you something um but just keep going like i i'm telling you now don't it doesn't matter and so i was like cool okay he tells me and then he also told me the mascara comment and i was like oh well that sucks you know and i just tried not to take it so serious because it's like well it like if this is the worst that's going to happen, whatever. I, I still got the job. So uh, I was like, I'll just, I'll work with it. You know, at the time I was really young. So I was like, I'll just, uh, I'll just ignore it. And it just slid off my back. Yeah. But then I started noticing that this uh, manager, like there was, you know, all the dealerships talk to each other. And so there was one guy from a different dealership that came in and I was doing an oil change and he was like, oh, I want you to do my truck. Cool, whatever, you know, get some extra hours. And um, and then he came to the back, you know, 
And him and the manager at the time were just staring at me. And then I would drop something and I felt like eyes, you know, just like burning into me. Even my coworker was like, let me help her, you know, and he started trying to take over. But he was like, no, 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 there's more cars up front. So I was just like a piece of me for like a good, it was honestly like one of the, it was the longest 20 minutes of my life uh, Mm -hmm. having to experience that because I, they were like, oh, well, I need a flush on this part or a flush on this system. And, you know, kept on adding up, adding up. I was like, what the hell? And so when I, I turned around, I caught the guy staring at me and they're both staring at me. They think it's funny. And I just felt so nasty, like almost like somebody had stripped me of my clothes, you know, and it just, it felt awful. But that was just the start of me realize, like actually realizing that that was happening. Yeah. What an awful experience. And it's, it's hard for those who haven't experienced it to maybe know how awful that feels. Right. But to to be watched like that while working and, and you were, you were fresh out of, I mean, you were a year two years out of high school at this point, right? You were a baby. You were Mm -hmm. a baby. Did at that point, I mean, you said you let it roll off your back and, but it's that, that had to weigh on you knowing these things and how did you shake it? How did you feel? Where did you question your decision to pursue this path at that point? I, it made me mad. I felt super nasty, but at the same time, I I got really fired up and I was like, you know what? I'm not here to change tires. I'm not here to change oil. I'm here to work on transmissions. And that's my goal because that's what, that's the module I really enjoyed in school. So I was like, I'm going after that shit. So I kept being persistent. I would talk to any and every manager. I want to be in transmissions. I want to get in there. I would feel so much more comfortable starting my career on that path. And just I kept being persistent uh, because of just that rage that was inside of me from feeling all like all that nastiness. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this to do something positive. And um, and so I just kept on going and finally they opened up this position where I would be a transmission specialist apprentice and I um, started out with this uh, mentor and he was great he's super smart dude but we butted heads a lot and um, then the the relationship turned really sour and there was a lot of things that you know were said that were just you know, nasty and, and just had such ugly feelings from it. At the end of the day, I would leave crying. Um, mm. And it was just so intense. Uh, I didn't know how to feel about it because, of course, I was just trying to be like, oh, I, I'm going to get through this. The The harder I work, the more that I stay persistent, I won't be under anybody and I could just do my own thing. But of course, um, you can only take so many blows after a while. And it, when somebody starts being like racist and, and uh, possessive over you and stuff, I, that was when I was like, no, I think, it's, I think it's time to go my own way. But before I had went that way, um, 
my husband now, who's my boyfriend then, he reached out to my favorite manager, the one that I um, would talk to a lot. And I, I still talk to him. He's, he's a great guy. Um, he reached out to him and said, hey, she's coming home really depressed. Uh, can you, you know, see what, what can change or do something about this? And so him just being a good guy, he just really wanted to help me out, but wanted to do it in a, in the right way, I guess. Uh, he went to HR and HR sits me down and it's a lady and she's telling me like, okay, so what's going on? I'm telling him, you know, I don't feel comfortable. There are some things that, that have been said and I, and I leave the day, you know, just nasty. I don't feel good. Um, I'm willing to stick it out. It's just, I don't feel good. And she's like, okay, so I don't get this. Um, they offer you this position that, you know, they made this, this position specifically for you and you have all these complaints about it. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. And she was like, why aren't you grateful? Pretty much, you know, she didn't exactly say it like that, but she was just like, I don't, I don't see why you're not grateful for this. It seems like everything's okay. And I just didn't at the time, I didn't want to like, you know, start fighting with them because then it turns out like, okay, well, what are you wearing? Um, what, what are you doing different? Let's start watching her. Let's like, you know, start making her the problem. And I, that was never my intention. I just wanted to work on cars. I just wanted to learn and build myself up to be my own technician. Yeah. Um, but it just, it, it was getting too heavy and after that HR lady told me that, I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm leaving. Uh, I, I, I didn't leave that day. But I told my husband, I said, you know, I want to talk to my community. I want to do something here in my city. Being at a dealership, I don't even talk to the customers. I want to get to know my city. I want to get to talk to people and to work on their cars and feel good about it. Recommend things that they actually need. Not you know, make them pay all this money, you know, in dealership prices. I, I want to be good to my community. So I said, I'm going to just do the mobile thing. And he helped me out a lot because he was switching jobs as well. And we, we just went into it. It was, I think at that time it was already starting to be summer. So it was hot as hell, <laughs> but we just, we dove into it and we were working everywhere, uh, all over San Antonio. And it was great. I, we got to meet so many cool people. Uh, just if we saw somebody on the side of the road, we would stop, help them out. And it was great. And, and they loved it because they were like, oh, these people seem very genuine. Um, and they really want to help us out. So it was really cool. That is really. So did you, did you and your husband actually st start the business together? Was he doing something else? Or was it, was it the two of you? So... So it was the two of us, like we went into it together for that moment because, of course, he was switching to uh, the other community college. Uh, okay. But yeah, in the end, it ended up just being me by myself. And every now and then, if because he's a teacher and he knows a lot. Um, Wait, is this the teacher that, that you dated when you were in school? Yes. It's the same one? So you dated the teacher and then you married him? 
Yeah, and now we have I two love kids. it. I love it. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we uh we've been together now seven years. And so okay. it, it worked out. Um I didn't have to call HR on him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that worked out. But yeah, we we uh went into this um just like okay, well, you hate your job. I hate my job. I'm already out. So let's just do this for the meanwhile and see what happens. And then at the end, he of course started school. So I um I just did it all by myself. He would help me a lot. Um every now and then if I if I really needed to learn something and I didn't understand it, then he would come over and be like, Hey, you know, you should try this. Um, but that Texas heat would take over and I'd be like, <laughs> get away get out of here and I always tell him like I am Tifa go you know, get out of here so it I love good. it what a great what a great love story and a, and a business starting story it's great although I, I want to I don't want to gloss over too quickly what happened at the dealership because there's a lot there's a lot mm -hmm. there like um you know, at the, at the beginning of this story, you're talking about how you let the comments slide and right because there's so much of it that we can take, right? You can take so yeah. much and you can take so much. And then, and then, as you said yourself, there's only so much you can take, though. And it gets to a mm -hmm. point where it's, it becomes a, a breaking point. And I think sometimes when, as, as women in these male-dominated fields or anybody who is, is you know, in a minority position anywhere right in life career yeah. and whatever it's that it's those little things that when you say them don't sound like they're all that bad quote unquote but when you pile yeah. them all together it becomes really just a lot oh, yeah. what what was the breaking point for you and you went to hr that seemed like the real final breaking point but what was the point where you were like i this is not worth it. I can't do this anymore. Okay, so my breaking point, and and I I hope this does not scare any uh, young ladies that are trying to get into the field because it's not all shops are going to be like this. Um, this is just an experience I had. Um, well, uh, one of the the techs had told me I really needed help on something, and uh, they said that they would not respond to me unless I called them daddy. And oh my like, god. Uh yeah, I was like, uh I I have a boyfriend and stuff. You know, that's that that's a that's a stretch. And of course I just I kept I was like, no, no, you're you're being silly. Don't don't talk like that. But they're like, no, I'm not responding to you. I'm not gonna help you unless you call me it. And um, I wouldn't, and so I got put to clean. And um, and then it was like a joke. It was like, oh, well, get your wife to, to clean the bay for you and stuff. Oh and God. it was sick. I was like, man, that, that's weird as hell. Like, I, I just don't understand why that was ever going to be okay to make somebody call you that. Like it was just sick. I was, I was lost in what to do in that moment. But then I would talk to um, this other technician that I, I looked up to this guy, really loved this guy too. He was a great guy. Well, he still is, but 
I went to tell him like, hey, I'm I'm gonna quit because I just I can't take this anymore. They're like, well, what happened? And they sound very concerned. And then I I told him I was like, hey, well, he told me to call him this, and he was like, shut up. He would not say that. Uh, I like you're you're taking it too serious. Like kids like you take everything so serious nowadays. And I was like, okay, HR told me to shut the fuck up. Now I'm being told to shut the fuck up by a tech uh, that I, you know, I respect a lot. And I'm like, yeah, this, before it gets messier, I got to go. And after I left, I, I had like a really bad time. I was really depressed because I wanted that to work. Um, but I was just really depressed. I was like, man, like, really, is that it? Like, is that it? That, like, maybe, maybe I did get this far because of how I look. Um, and I started to doubt a lot of things, like, no one's going to take me serious, I'm always going to need help, like, you know, it, it started to really weigh down on me, and, um, and it had, it weighed down on my relationship as well with my husband, because he had to, you know, kind of help me get out of that funk, but it just, uh, it took over for a while, and, um, and yeah, that was intense, but then, when I started talking to my community, a lot of help. Yeah. God, I'm, I am so sorry that you experienced that. And I, and I, I can so relate. And I think so many people can relate to that. Um, that behavior is unacceptable. And then yeah. to find that the people who you thought you were your allies are, are standing up for that behavior, you know, I think yeah. it gets written off, right. It's, it's, say, oh, it's just shop talk. They're just screwing around. Don't take it seriously. And, and it, I feel like it's so common that, that we particularly as women, I see do exactly what you did, start internalizing it and saying, oh, like maybe, maybe it is me. Maybe I am the problem. Maybe I'm not going to ever succeed at this. And I think what you experience yeah. is so human and so real and so relatable and, and what happened at your dealership is so not okay. Like, yeah. guys watching this, like, I need everybody to, like, hear this. Like, just because it's been the norm in shops to talk like that to each other doesn't make it okay. It, it was yeah. never okay. It's not kids these days. It's not people taking things too seriously. It was never okay to tell someone that they have to call you daddy in order for yeah. them to help you. Unacceptable. Yeah, it was real shit. So I was like, what the hell? Oh, it's okay. I, You know, at the end of the day, I feel like it just made me want more. And, you know, if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have ended up here. And yeah. I honestly, it, it's kind of sad because I didn't really understand how intense that was and how bad it was until I went to go get my hair done um, with this girl named Giselle. And I was sitting there, I was telling her, like, oh, this is what happened. And she just stopped cutting my hair and she goes, girl, what the hell? Like, that is so bad. And she was yeah. like, I'm so sad for you. And I was like, well, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? And then she's like, oh, I'm so mad for you. Like, that, that's awful. And that's when I was like, this is two years, I think it was like two, three years after I had quit that job that finally it mm. said, and I was like, fuck, yeah. that was pretty fucking bad. 
Yeah. Yeah, because this isn't this kind of behavior isn't tolerated in other industries. Like no, you don't you don't do that in like the corporate environment. Like that's not tolerable. But for some no. reason in the trades it is tolerated. And yeah, you brought you brought something up earlier, and I I want to like not gloss over it. This idea of like not scaring other girls who want to go into this. And I mm-hmm. I'm glad that you I'm glad you said that, and I'm glad that you still were willing to talk about it and share it because. I think, I think sometimes we collectively like don't talk about the bad stuff because we do love our trade and we want to encourage more girls in it and we want to encourage more people. So we don't want to talk about the bad stuff, but I think it's only in talking about it that maybe things start to change. So, so thank you for being willing to share all of that. I think it's really important. And yes, ladies, there are good places out there. (laughs) Yes. Definitely. There's a bunch of good places. It's just everyone's experiences are different. I happen to have a really shitty one, but you know, out of out of that, you just gotta be able to pull yourself out of it and just be like, you know what? No one else is gonna come to help. No one else is gonna do this shit for me. So you just gotta get the hell out of this funk and prove everyone wrong. Just be that bitch and keep going. <laughs> so that that's what I did. Where did where did you pull that that courage and that confidence from, right? Because you'd kind of you started out all confident and strong, and then it kind of got beat out of you a little bit, and then you dug oh, yeah. deep and you found it again. Where did you where did you find it, and how did you pull that together to start a business? Because that's huge. Yeah, um, I so when I would be really upset, I would call my husband on break, and I'd be like, hey this is happening. I'm just so upset. Like, honestly, I'm at the point, like, I don't want to go work at another dealership because I've been talking to other dealerships. They don't want to take me now. And I know why it's because they know who works here and they know that I'm not talking to them either. So I think, you know, if I say anything, I'm going to get blacklisted and either way, I just, I want an out, but I want to keep making money because, you know, I'm, I'm still young. I want to save up. I, I want things and, you know, I got to pay my own bills. And that's when I just, it was kind of like a survival thing at first, but then at the same time, I was like, no, I, I really want to get to know my community. Cause I, I love being from San Antonio. I love it here. And like, I want to talk to customers. I want to become all these things. So that, w- that way one day I just, you know, I can make a shop or, you know, it's not going to just be, me being a mobile mechanic, it can grow into something so big and I just don't even know it yet. Is that, is that your hope to, to have it turn into a brick and mortar at some point? Yes. So I, um, hopefully one day it'll grow right now. I, I'm of course doing all the mechanic stuff, but I do want to work on upholstery and older cars. And so that's, so that, that's the path I'm trying to go to, but right now it's all talk and I, I'd rather um, put that to work first before being sure that that's what I'm going to do. You yeah. Know? Gosh, I, I so relate to your story. I had such a similar, a similar path leaving the dealership. I'd had that kind of similar, like, oh my gosh, this is not ever going to change and I can't do this anymore. And then I started out as a mobile a mobile tech at my house, like working on cars in my driveway. Ooh, and, cool. um, but it was that similar, like, 
I, I realized, and it sounds like this was a piece for you too. I realized that as much as I loved cars, I also really loved people and I really mm -hmm. loved working with people. And when you're at the dealership in like a traditional, you know, technician job, especially at dealerships, some shops are starting to change where you get more interaction with customers, but like the dealerships are, you're in the back working on the cars and that's it. And yeah. And so finding the way to merge those two, you really only get that by working at a tiny independent shop or yes. being your own tiny independent shop. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So how long did you run the mobile mechanic business? Because I know you like kind of paused it for a little bit and then started again. So tell me what happened next in your story as we kind of bring us closer to present. Yeah, uh, so I believe it was two years. It was, um, so I I quit Chevy and then I started working as mobile care. I want to say three, four, I want to say it was about four years that I went into it. Um, okay. Of course, once I had, I had my little one, that's when um, I started bringing the bigger jobs home and even the jobs that were a little too much to just do on the side of the road, I would, I would bring back to the shop. Yeah. Um, but I, I worked through my pregnancies, uh, both of my oh, pregnancies. Wow. I just kept going and oh, that one was hard, but, um, but I just kept <laughs> going. Cause I, I was so fired up. I was like, you know what, when my little one comes out here and they'll see pictures later on and be like, yeah, like mom worked on cars. She didn't stop. And, and she kept doing it, even though she was carrying me and, <laughs> and so I just they they were my little motivation every day. I was like, I, I gotta do this for them. I gotta I gotta keep going. I can't let let any of the words that I've heard, uh, any of the like negative things I, I've gone through push me back. Now I have an even bigger motivation here in my stomach that has to keep me going and and they keep me going. They keep me going. I oh my I love that. I love that so much. And I think that is kind of the theme that that kind of carries women particularly through and, and probably a lot of men too, is like when things get yeah. tough, having some other bigger reason why you're pushing yeah. through. Right. Yeah. Um, how far into your pregnancy did you work? Like the whole time? The whole time. I, so like nine I, months, I, you're like ready to pop and still working on cars. Oh yeah. I was Ooh, actually, girl, I was crazy. closer to 10 months. Oh, oh I know. I know. And I remember there was one time, this is the only time that like I kind of I, I chilled out. Um, I was working <laughs> on a car and I, I couldn't get where it was leaking. So I had to leave it running and the shop was getting real hot. It, it was already 100 degrees outside. And my husband comes in and he goes, go inside, go inside. You need to chill out. Um, but I was so fired up. I was like, I got this. But he's like, you're almost 10 months pregnant. Let's let's chill out for a little bit. So, yeah, that was. I think the next week after that, I had delivered her. So, oh, yeah. my goodness. And wow. I was back two weeks after. Okay, I have yeah. to ask, like, how did people respond to you? You're doing mobile mechanic work. You're, you're interacting with customers. How were people responding to you? And it's got to be, it's one thing showing up as a woman, but showing up as a woman mm -hmm. 10 months pregnant. <laughs> they, you know, all of my customers... They um, they were really cool because they they had already gotten to know me, so 
they're like, ah, yeah, like how, how far along or oh, that baby's going to come out anytime now, you know, and they kept thinking that when I would take the cars back to the shop, that it was going to be Adam working on them. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm still very much doing this whole thing. And I would take pictures and everything. And they would just be like, you're crazy. I, I don't understand you. Why do you do this? But <laughs> I, I had that drive. I didn't want to give it up at all. I was like, if I give up, then I'm just going to. I'm just going to crumble, but I have to keep going. And sure enough, like I, I got through with that and I was really good with that. But it's just, you know, when you have a baby, uh, you don't, when, especially if it's your first baby, you don't realize how much your body is going to change. And mm-hmm. so I got really like down on myself, like, oh, like I gained so much weight. My body's not the same anymore. I feel like shit. All I want to do is eat to comfort myself. I'm not the same person anymore. So I started to just kind of really get down uh, on myself. And then um, I got in a really bad funk. And it turned pretty intense because there was times where I was just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. And I got such bad social anxiety where I couldn't really go to stores for a while because I felt like I couldn't I I just couldn't function and I would still work on cars mainly big jobs at that time because I well my my customers just happened to break their shit pretty bad um but I I was doing big jobs at that time so I didn't have to socialize much so that just that gave me uh, more fuel to just get more deeper into that funk but then finally, I realized, like, okay, you can either keep diving yourself into this or you can get out. So I started getting out of it. And my husband, you know, he's like, you got this. You can do this. Um, and he was also really tired of, you know, seeing me get down on myself. So finally, I started crawling out. But babies love when you're succeeding or like when you're struggling. And so then as soon as I was happy and I was up again I got pregnant and so yeah like if you ever want to get pregnant the best way to do it is to struggle or to be on top of the world so <laughs> that's exactly what happened to me and then again I got sucked in and that was a roller coaster um I never I didn't know what postpartum depression was I just thought like, oh, okay, you get sad or it ha- like you don't want the baby. Um, I went into this really bad spiral where I was like, I'm not okay. I, I can't, I'm not happy. I was breastfeeding too. So the hormones from breastfeeding had me just all over the place. I was like, I'm not a good mom. I can't do this. I'm not great at this. All I want to do is work on cars and I don't have that anymore. I couldn't watch. I, I used to watch uh, the interviews that you would do. And every once in a while, like, I, I would finish one. But then after a while, I was like, I can't do that. Like, I, I want to be out there with them. I want to be working like that. But I can't because I have to stay home and raise kids. And, and like, what if I'm over? Like, what if it's over with? I, I can't do it no more. So I would get really sad. Uh, especially because I have a whole junkyard. I have like over 20 cars and I would come and l- I would go outside, look at them and be like, well, shit, when am I going to work on them? If I have to go back inside and rescue this child, 
and then mm. hopefully the other one doesn't you know go over there and mess with her where I just put her to sleep so it was just so much but finally um I got my little one into school and I um started taking my other little one the baby baby to my mother-in-law and she would help me a lot with the babysitting to get me started and I started to feel like myself I was like I'm gonna do this I only have four hours to cram all this shit in so I would come to the shop as early as I could I would start working on uh, rebuilding this one engine that I've been working on and then I would go work on another car and then one of my cars and I would just try to cram all that into four hours then finally I got uh, more babysitting so I was able to start the business up again and be more serious but if I if those funks would have never happened to me I wouldn't be here and I feel so much better now because I'm like I can conquer anything that I want and I'm gonna go after it um, and my kids I hope they see all of it I, I hope that they they realize you know that they could do this one day too. Uh, it doesn't yeah. matter how deep you feel like you're stuck, that you could pull yourself out. It's possible. It's just real fucking hard and real bad. Oh, yeah. I, did you, thank you for sharing all of this and being so vulnerable and, and real with us. And yeah, this is this is a podcast about trades women, emphasis on the women, which means you're going to not only get talk about trades, you're going to get talk about racism and sexism and sexual harassment and postpartum depression and breastfeeding and like you get all of it because that's the reality like that is the reality of being a woman working working period particularly in the trades where it's like really just not accepted um did you know did you know and then in while you were in it did you know that it was postpartum depression or were you just so deep in it that you didn't even know I had no idea postpartum existed um, until like any time my baby got really sick the first couple of days she was alive. Uh, she had jaundice. And um, I remember like just the word baby, like anyone would say baby or I would hear a baby cry. I would just fall apart, like just complete. I've never cried like that. I never felt any sadness like that. And then my mom She's crazy. She uh, she wouldn't make it better. She was like, ah, you know, some some ladies kill themselves. Mm-hmm. They kill the babies too. Oh, jeez. I'm like, mom, shut up, shut up. I was not thinking. You know, I done every day when I would uh, be at home with the kids. I would go walk them for a couple hours because I was like, if I'm in broad daylight in a good neighborhood, I can't kill my kids. I can't kill myself. Oh, <laughs> There's my people goodness. around. Yeah. So she hell? made me so paranoid. But I know that she Thanks, mom. Like, hey, it's something that could happen. I was like, oh man, like, why do you got to pull that shit out? So, yeah. But thankfully, nothing happened. I was good. I, <laughs> I know that she was just telling me, like, that's something that could happen. But at the time, I was just so depressed that I was like, anything bad can happen to me. And it's going to happen. You know, like, it was, it was wow. pretty bad. So how did... how? how did you get yourself out of it? Was there a moment when you, when you like had that, like, Oh gosh, I'm in this deep. I need to do something different. Was it your husband outside people? Like how, how did you make that shift and what made the difference? 
you know, uh, I just, what was uh, the turning point for me was when I went back outside and I looked at my cars, I looked at the Barracuda, I looked at my S10, and I started thinking to myself, that S10 would be pretty good with the V8. And I was like, you know what, I could do this, I could do that. And then, and then the Barracuda would look good with, with this kind of interior. And that Woody over there would be awesome to drive around, like, especially on special events. And I just started thinking that way. I was like, you know what, I got this. In order to get there, though, I had to get myself out of this. And, uh, of course, my, my kids looking up at me with their smiles and, and their beautifulness, I, that, that was what really helped me get out um, of that funk. I, I just uh, I was able to lift myself out of it by just looking at my goals and my dreams and looking at my, my two little futures that were, you know, yeah. right there in front of me that I made. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Your creativity got you out seeing possibility and then seeing future for your kids. Absolutely. What yeah. a, what a beautiful thing, getting some, getting some perspective and having a support system around you, I'm sure was, was a part of that. Having your husband, he sounds like oh, he's yeah. a huge support system for, for you. Yeah. He's annoying, but I love him. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> your babies are beautiful. They are so cute. They are, you, you. you made some really beautiful human beings. You really did. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, they, uh, they're something else. But yeah, I, I love them so much. It's so hard to get mad at them at times. I'm like, oh, stop being so cute. I, I want to say real quick for anybody who might be listening to this, you know, post postpartum depression is something that isn't talked about often, as, as me mentioned. Like, she didn't even know it existed until she was in it and experiencing it. And even after that. Um, it's a real thing. Um, it can be really, really awful to get through. Um, having a good support system helps, but if you are experiencing it or you know someone who is, <clears throat> excuse me, there are resources out there. Please, if you're experiencing depression, um, if you're experiencing thoughts of self-harm, um, please know that there are resources out there and, and reach out. That's the biggest thing, right? Esme said it herself, like the biggest thing was like stepping outside again. Right. Just mm -hmm. walking outside and interacting with the world again was was that first step to making a difference. The biggest thing that we can do when yeah. we're experiencing any sort of depression is to reach out to help. So um, I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I get some uh, some research and get some links added to the description on this for if you're dealing with postpartum depression, um, know that you're not alone. So thank you for sharing that, Esme. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. And I'm so grateful you made it to the other side and that you are are, are feeling better and feeling joyous again and um, and loving loving your life because you've got you've made a great life yeah. for yourself despite all of the odds. Oh, yeah, it, it took some work, but you know, I I just knew that there was more for me. I knew that I had to keep going. Uh, of course, my kids were a an amazing big motivation for me, but but I I knew that I had I knew nobody was coming to help me that I had to help myself and that was the main thing is like come on bitch you gotta get up you can't keep crying you got this like you you know everyone is is watching and 
you might be inspiring people that don't even think that they can work on cars that would just take it to anybody else. Like you might be telling them, Hey, if she can do this, I can do this. And like that, that's an amazing thing to, to be able to inspire somebody else and tell them like, Hey, like, it doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter if you're a female or a male, you could do this. You are going to thrive if you want to thrive. So it, it was good. I love it. And you just answered the question that I was going to ask you, which was your advice to other young women trying to get into this. You kind of just kind of just answered that, right? Because <laughs> I, yeah, I just looked at the just time. We're already, over, we're already over our hour. How did that happen? I feel like we have know. so much more to talk about. The time went so quick. Um, I, I, I feel like in the future, there's going to be an, another another episode where we have a, a group of mothers who worked through pregnancy and, okay. and who are doing that and just have a kind of a group conversation. Maybe we'll have to have you back on for that. Um, Cause I feel like there's a lot more that um, we can talk about. Too. Awesome. Yes, there's so much force. Just have me. <laughs> awesome. So, so you kind of gave some advice on, on, on other young women who might want to be starting out and doing this. Um, I'm going to ask you a little spin on that and maybe it's the same thing, but um, mm-hmm. if you had the opportunity to talk to, to younger you, baby as me, what, um, mm-hmm. what would you say to her? I would just say, you know, it, right now it's hard. It's, it's really hard. And you've been told some really weird shit. There's a lot of weird ass people. But just as much as there's weird-ass people in here and weird-ass people that you've experienced, there's going to be some really cool people that come along and there's going to be even cooler experiences. Don't get yourself down. This is just what's going on right now, but it will pass and you will get through this. This too shall pass. I love it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Wonderful, wonderful words. And if only we could actually tell that to ourselves when we were in in our ish, yes. which happens, right? Is that it, we will get through this too. We will be okay. Um, yeah. I thank you so very much, me, for joining me and and being on this podcast episode. I I know that I resonated so much. Like so much of what you said resonated with me. I should say. I'm, I'm sure that there's lots of folks who are going to be listening to this, who are on watching today with us, who it resonated with as well. So thank you for being so candid, yeah. so vulnerable, and real with us and sharing your story and. Hopefully, my hope, right, is that through sharing our truths by being real, by being open and honest, um, that it gets better for the next group of ladies coming up and that they exactly. don't have these same stories. So here's yeah. here's to the next generation. We're doing it for you. Um, and <laughs> we hope that this is it is a, a smoother, better path for you when you come up in the trades. So thank, thank you so you. much. Guys, yes, make sure you, you go follow me. her. You can. Where can people find you, Esme? Uh, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook. So just Esme okay. Moore, wrenching mommy. All right, awesome. So go give her a follow. Give her some support. Follow her along on her journey. Check out her adorable 
two little babies um, and uh, and keep up with what she's got going on. Thank you guys so much for spending a little over an hour of your day with us. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Um, if you have questions or topics that you would like to see us cover here on the With Her Two Hands podcast, shoot us an email. Um, looking to do more episodes specifically targeting specific topics and answering your questions. So shoot us an email um, and leave us a message on social media and maybe we'll even read your, your question or your request online and or on air and answer it. Uh, so send us your questions, anything that you want to know uh, or want to talk about when it comes to women working in the trades. Uh, we want to hear your questions. And again, if you are a woman working in the trades or you know a woman working in the trades, send her our way. We'd love to meet her and maybe get her on an episode of her own as well to help share her story and her experiences. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Please, if you enjoyed this, please take a moment to like, subscribe. If you're listening in podcast form, please rate and review. Um, the more reviews we get, the more eyes on this, the more people whose lives we hopefully can touch and inspire. Um, and big thank you again to our partner, in producing this series, Drive Time, a huge thank you to them. It, it, without their help, we would not be able to continue doing this. For three years now, we've been doing this. So thank you guys for coming on over, hanging out with us. Make sure to come back next week. We have an amazing, uh, another technician. Um, she's a motorcycle technician, and she is uh, hailing from Brazil. So make sure you come back next week to check her out. And, of course, on Monday you can see a archive episode release from uh, the podcast's former life as Trades Lady Happy Hour, which lived on Instagram. So we're releasing those episodes slowly over time every Monday evening. And I am always hanging out live in the comments. So every Wednesday night right here on YouTube, every Monday night on YouTube as well. And then, of course, anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. That's enough for me. I'm going to stop blabbing. Thank you guys so much for joining in. Until the next time, be good to yourselves, be good to, to one another, and thanks for watching and listening to the With Her Two Hands podcast.